You're listening to the Cornerstone Buzzcast, a ministry resource of Cornerstone Church in Auburn, Alabama. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Cornerstone Buzzcast. Rusty Hudson here, lead pastor at Cornerstone. Um, As you know, we're in this Lent season, and we're doing this series during Lent, talking about spiritual disciplines. Um, As we've talked about before, those spiritual disciplines are things that we put in our life that help us grow closer to Christ, um, or maybe it's things that we're trying to kind of get out of our life that need to be um, removed, and uh, this is a good time of the year to work on that. So that's what we're doing, uh, taking each week, talking about a different spiritual discipline. Um, Today we're going to be talking a little bit about the discipline of fasting. And so I have a guest here with me today, Mary Robertson. Hey, Mary, how's it going? Hey, Rusty. Great. How are you? Good. Thank you for being here with me. And uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. I've lived in Auburn most of my adult life. Um, I have been married to Joseph for 17 years. So we're Mary and Joseph. Mm. Solid biblical. Oh, yes, absolutely. All the way. Um, We have two daughters and we've been members of Cornerstone for about, I think, plus or minus maybe eight years. Um, I'm an attorney. Well, I'm not an attorney now, Mm. but for about 10 years, I practiced law in Lee County. And for the past seven years, I've been at the Justice Center and I serve as the Lee County Circuit Clerk. So I'm very blessed to be in that position and to be a part of this church and this community. Yeah, and you're famous. Everybody knows you. That's not true. (laughs) I might be infamous, maybe, but one way or the other. (laughs) Well, and another role that you have served recently is being on our church's executive team and uh, helping give leadership and vision to our church. And and uh, it's been so great having you as a part of that. And, Thank you. You know, we were in uh, a season of just trying to vision for the future of the church and all that kind of stuff. And I just remember at times you kind of saying to the team, hey, we really need to pray and fast about what we're doing, you know, to really seek God's direction to to stop and hear from him. And it was very helpful for it all of us awesome. to go, you are exactly right. Like, you know, we can talk about a lot of things, but we need God to speak into it. And and, uh, and so we did that, and I think that was very helpful in just the process of listening to God and, and crafting a vision. And so, um, so I'm grateful, and really that's why I wanted you to come and help us Thanks. talk a little bit about fasting. Well, I'm certainly not at all a um, – I'm not very learned in this topic, but it's cool how God keeps bringing it back up in my life. That's the first time I corporately fasted. Mm. Um, so that was really cool that <clears throat> I was able to see that process of all of us deciding to do that as a group and then just watching how God spoke to each of us individually, but it ended up being the same thing. So yeah. that was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Well, so what we know about fasting is obviously it is something that is biblical. It is something that Christians should do. Um, it is a discipline and a way for us to really connect with Christ at another level. I read this article this past week, and the title of it was The Most Neglected Spiritual Discipline, and it was all about fasting. And really, I guess, in a lot of ways, many people avoid the idea, either because they just don't think about it, mm-hmm. or they don't like the idea of having to give something up. And in our culture, we Americans aren't real good That's about right. you know sacrificing things or like having to sort of give things up, but that is a part of what we do. Um, in that article, I was also reading that, and this will be just so fascinating for you and our listeners, <laughs> a, little, a little early Christian history for you. But in 325 AD, there was a council that met called the Council of Nicaea, and they decided that the 40 days leading up to Easter would be a time for fasting, not including Sundays. 
which means that <laughs> Lent technically lasts 46 days. So these early Christians use fasting as a way to do several things, to mourn, to prepare to hear from God, to focus during times of intense prayer, and then just to sort of humble themselves in repentance. And so they saw it as such an important period in early history of Christianity that they said, we have to fast. Like this is something we mm-hmm. need to do together and individually right. so that we can prepare our hearts um, to hear from God. And so I think that hopefully what we're doing here today is just helping people grasp how important that is still in our individual lives. Yep. So I guess, Mary, for you, why do you think fasting is important? <laughs> so to think about that for me, my personality, I am very much a creature of habit. And I know that we all are, but but my personality type, I like to do these. I don't like surprises. Mm. I like to do the same things mm. every day, which is why being married to Joseph is wonderful because Joseph is my free spirit. And so he'll draw me out of that just habitual nature sometimes yeah. and just, you know, kind of get the get me to think about things on different terms. But because I am such a creature of habit, even good and bad habits, um, I just have strong ones. They're, they're strong habits. Mm. So fasting is so not a habit that it is probably the best way to very quickly, if not almost immediately, take me into a posture of humility and dependence mm. to connect and hear from God that is so different than my daily walk with Him. Mm. Um like I said, it's an immediate mindset change. Um, I have to run to God to cope with what I'm fasting from mm-hmm. and be sustained in a different way. My daily walk, obviously, is is critical, um, but this is just so different. It, it, for me, immediately identifies distractions that keep me from hearing God about something because I become so dependent on Him during this season of fasting. So it kind of interrupts the pattern of your life or your day or your week enough so that you can realize I need God in these moments where I'm choosing to give something up. And, um, and it kind of helps you do that focusing thing that we really Mm -hmm. need to do, Yep. but we don't often intentionally Mm -hmm. stop to do it. That's right. And we have our daily walk and we read our scriptures and we have our prayer lives, but that's not the same as making a plan and having a purpose for a fast and to me, the reliance is very different. Like when we were doing this during our um, executive team mm. season, um, I am often very busy at work so that I skip lunch. And it never occurs to me, oh, I've skipped lunch. And it's like 3 o'clock, and I'm like, oh, I didn't have lunch. D- it's amazing how during those days that we corporate had a corporate fast, I would feel hunger mm. during times that I never felt hunger. And I know there's also a battle of principalities when you're going through a season of fasting, mm. but... When that happens and you remember that you're fasting, you have to call upon God to mm. sustain that, and, and He has to be the one that meets those needs when you are intentionally depriving yourself to get closer to Him and to, to seek Him on certain issues in your life or whatever the purpose is. You know, in thinking back on that time, <clears throat> one of the things I loved about it was that we were doing it together and that we kind of said, let's fast on Thursday at noon. And so mm-hmm. we all knew that was going to be the day we we're going to do that. And in years past, when we've done that as a church, when I'm fasting and I'm saying, oh, wait a minute, I'm not going to lunch today. Yep. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to read scripture. And then I'm thinking, and other people are doing the same thing. That's right. They're having to intentionally decide, I need to stop today. I'm not going to lunch. So what am mm-hmm. I going to do 
during this fasting time. And I don't know, I think there's, you know, it's just like having a workout partner, having a prayer partner, all this sure. kind of stuff. Knowing that somebody else is doing this with you also helps. That's right. In the same way. Mm-hmm. So, um, so when we think about it uh, biblically, because obviously there's a biblical foundation here, like what comes to mind for you? Is there anything that stands out in the Bible that you say, oh, well, this is clearly a place where, you know, fasting is an important part? Yeah, for me, when I've researched the scriptures on fasting, it becomes more obvious that as a follower of Christ, it is not an if, but a when, Mm -hmm. which goes back to, you know, you're talking about the article you read about how commonplace it was in scripture to fast for several different reasons, but it was still very common to fast. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not saying that that means everyone is going to be called to fast, but I do think that you shouldn't be surprised as a Christian, when you dive into the word on this specific issue, that it's not really an if, it's just a matter of when. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also think that um, one of the verses that comes to mind in Matthew um, 6, verse 17 and 18, talk about how you're supposed to be very humble and discreet about your fasting. And Mm -hmm. even though we were fasting as an executive team. We never broadcast that out. We never, I may have had to let a coworker that invited me to lunch know hey, I'm in a season of fasting, but that is still very discreet mm. um, because you don't want to draw attention to yourself. It's not about us. It's about us dying to self and reaching out for God. And I think that the Bible um, is very clear, you know, what God expects from us when we put ourselves in a posture for fasting. Um so it's not if, but when, and then, you know, obviously very private, um, but can be corporate. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think it's always effective. Yeah. Um, I loved the verses in Esther when she called on her people to um, gather all the Jews who were with them and fast for her when she had to make these decisions and go do such a huge thing. Um, you know, don't eat or drink for three days, night or day. And these people fasted on her behalf because Mm. of what she had to do and what she was facing. So there's so many different examples in the Bible um, of people fasting for different reasons and calling on others to fast on their behalf. But it's definitely there and it's there a lot. You know, that that scripture from Matthew 6, 17, Jesus says, but when you fast, mm-hmm. and that's what yep. you were getting back to is it's not a matter of if we're going to do this or not. He said, but when you do these things, when you practice these spiritual disciplines and humble yourself. And so it's a reminder that um, it really is something that we should be doing. And it's kind of like I always say, you don't know what will happen until you do this. That's exactly There's a lot of right. things in our Christian life. I'm like, you don't know what's going to happen until you do it. You know, you just think, I don't think that's something I want to do. It's not something I'm geared toward or whatever. It's like, well, you won't know what happens until you do that. And there's, I think just like prayer and giving and serving, there's power in fasting. And we find it when we get there or what happens afterwards. And just like that verse about Esther, it's like, we also have another way to kind of intercede on somebody else's behalf that we're praying for. It's like in prayer and fasting, hey, I'm choosing to sacrifice something on behalf of somebody else because I need to see God do something in them. And what's amazing is the blessings that flow from that is it's not only your decision to intercede for someone, but you're going to get incredible blessings that you don't even know that you can't articulate during that season either. Like you're not doing that. You're doing it for someone else. It is a very selfish act when selfless act when you do that. But at the same time, God blesses you through that process as well. Mm -hmm. Well, um, 
So you would say this is something that has impacted your spiritual life? Like it's something that you look at and you go, yeah, um, this is a good thing. Okay. For someone like me that is very type A, very organized and very driven, Mm. um, one of the ways that the enemy can get to me is I very quickly fall into these patterns of self-reliance. Yeah. And so for me, I've always fasted from food. Mm. Um, and that just is, I have a very quick, it may be metabolic, like I have a very good metabolism. Mm-hmm. So I get hungry quickly and I'm used to eating, you know, a few meals a day. Yeah. That's just the best way for me to have to break that, that habit and that cycle and mm-hmm. just become completely dependent on God. So for me and my personality type, um, it's a great way to get closer and connect to him in ways I can't do it otherwise. Mm. Um, It's a spiritual intimacy that I can't otherwise get in my daily walk. It's not that my daily walk is not intimate, but this is a whole other incredible level that if I've experienced the incredible blessings that have flowed through that obedience, I want everyone else to be able to experience that as well. Yeah. Um, So, and that brings me to another question mm -hmm. because you're just talking about food and you recognize that for yourself. And I think part of fasting is just being self-aware and saying, where are the weak spots? You know, where That's are right. the things that I think I need to have every single day? So yes. besides food, are there other things we can fast from? And is that okay? You know, like Absolutely. I mean, I have several friends that take a social media fast. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that have maybe a, a weekly group or something that they do. And, and even if it's something healthy, they just decide that they're going to fill that space for a limited amount of time with their one-on-one connection with God. So it's certainly not about food at, at all. It's, it's a very spiritual decision about what you think you need to sacrifice and let God fill that void for a time being. Um, however, it does need to have a purpose and a plan because mm. it's not just about food, but at the same time, Let's just use food as an example. Just giving up food without it being part of a purpose and plan for your relationship with Christ is really just going hungry. (laughs) You know, you really do. It's not just about giving something up. It's about giving it up and deciding to fill it um, with God, complete God. That's a great point. It's it's one thing to give something up, and I think some people get stuck in that mode of, oh, it's just about me mm-hmm. not having chocolate, you know, or That's not right. having my coffee in the morning or not having this, and all of those are important, but... How are you filling back up that empty mm-hmm. space that you're giving up? And that's the point, right? Right. I mean, don't miss the season, and we can use Lent as an example, but don't miss this season and just think that you can sacrifice something without filling it with God. The mm. point is... Empty that cup and fill that cup up completely with God mm-hmm. and watch how he can move through this and speak to you in ways you've never experienced. Yeah, I love that right there. Um, how often should someone fast, do you think? So for me, it's very specific times, and that's a hard answer. Obviously, I would not try to answer that for everyone, but um, I'm afraid that if I chose to fast one day every week, Um, And even that, like, let's just say I decided to do that to focus on prayer or my walk with Christ. I would never want that to become so routine that the sacred part of it is lost. Right. Every time I have been called to fast, um, it is extremely reverent and Mm. sacred Mm. and private. Uh, Even my kids and Joseph have not known times that I've decided to fast. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't even 
notice that I'm not eating because they're so hungry. They don't even notice that I'm not (laughs) eating. Um, But I just wouldn't, I have not been able to do it on a regular basis because then it becomes a habit. And so if I'm a creature of habit, I'll lose the sacred. To me, this is such a special, beautiful, sacred thing Mm. that um, I can't tell you how often you should do it. Mm -hmm. But I know that if I did this too much, that it would just become part of my routine and I may lose that beautiful relationship that I get just during these seasons of fasting. Yeah. Um, so it requires, again, that plan and that purpose. Right. So you can't put God on a timeline. I yeah. have tried many times in my life, um, but I know when I'm called to start a fast and then God calls me out of it. I don't, you know, it's always different how long I'm in a season of fasting. Yeah. So for you, it's, you know, I'm going to do this with real intention and purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some people who do make it a routine because for whatever reason, it fits for them to be able Absolutely. to do that. But no matter how we do it, let's be sure that we're doing it intentionally and that we're doing it with the right focus. Mm-hmm. So, and I appreciate that, Mary, and I appreciate just the way that you approach that is such a beautiful, humble way of of thinking about um, how you're connecting with God just through that discipline of fasting. I read in that same article, and and we're going to wrap it up here, but in an ideal world, the practice of fasting would be unnecessary. We would maintain our focus on devotion and daily spiritual development without a need to periodically refocus and reorient our lives by denying ourselves the usual practice of eating. But this world is far from ideal, and we all have an assortment of flaws that we deal with. And it goes on to talk about that's why the, the season of Lent is important because it can literally recalibrate us Absolutely. for the rest of our year. And because this crazy world that we live in is so broken, like we have to just spend some time doing some intentional spiritual work. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what we're doing through this season. So, Mary, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your words of wisdom. I appreciate just Aww. the way that you um, care about this discipline and, and love Jesus and love the church. And, and I'm grateful for you. Well, I'm I'm the blessed one. <clears throat> it truly is amazing how incredible these relationships are and you know, as the body of Christ and it's I appreciate being asked to talk about this topic. It's very dear to my heart and it means a lot to have been asked to speak about it today. All right. Well thank you. Um I would just encourage any of those of you who are listening today. Uh, give it a try. If you've never tried it before, make fasting um, a discipline. Maybe just try it during this Lent season, see how mm-hmm. that goes uh, for you. Use it as a way to connect with God at a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Um, it might also be a way to just kind of reduce the clutter in your life. Right. And uh, so that's a big part of it. But uh, thank you all for listening today. And I certainly hope that you'll tune back in with us next time. Thank you. Thank you.